Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, uh, welcome everybody. This is uh, Chris Williams. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. Thank you for your time and attention. Um, However you found the show, welcome. Uh, You probably heard about it through someone. Maybe um, you've gotten a chance to see some of our information on social media. Maybe there was a person that kind of reached out to you and said, hey, check this show out. I really appreciate it. However you found the show. Uh, Today is going to be a very different episode. Mainly because clearly um, the conversations around uh, racial and uh, discrimination, uh, racism, in uh, you know a lot of different areas police brutality is prevalent it's in our face uh at times i personally feel like the coronavirus uh, happening and shutting things down was a blessing because uh as a african-american man who has lived uh his entire life in this um this real place um has had to deal with a lot of what we are just happening to nationally and around the world see happen because it was caught on camera. Um, So what I would like to do today is I would like to articulate a particular area, given this platform, uh, given the opportunity to be able to speak to you and the ears that uh, listen to this show on a regular basis. I would like to be able to articulate to you a space that probably might be uncomfortable Um, for some people. Uh, And it's mainly because it hits us close to home. Now, I will say that as a part of the show, as a part of uh, what we do, that many times uh, right now we are having the discussions around, you know, uh, police brutality outside, what we're seeing on camera in a central park, uh, what happens when someone comes and knocks on someone's door in Breonna Taylor's case and shoots her up And unfortunately, the boyfriend who stood there and saw this happen had to call 911, even though plainclothes cops came in and realized they hit the wrong house. There's all types of situations. Uh, These situations should make us all uncomfortable. Um, I will be honest with you that no matter where you choose to stand, I guess I will say on uh, on the Black Lives Matter movement, I will say this. Um, no one ever said that all lives don't matter. What we've asked is, is that ours matter equally. And um, my hope would be that there would be people who could understand that and choose to support. Um, the other thing with that, I will say is it is very important that the more uncomfortable of a conversation that this may be uh, for you individually might mean it might be the right conversation for right now for you to have. Listen, nothing changes uh, if we don't get uncomfortable. And I'm sure for a lot of my uh, uh, white friends and business partners and allies and and, and alike, this is a very uncomfortable time. It is easy to kind of go run and hide, um, to uh, 
can further isolate yourself from the problem. So maybe you don't turn on the TV as much. Maybe you uh, turn away from sports. Maybe you try to just act like it doesn't exist. But I will tell you it does exist, which leads me into the conversation we're going to have this evening. So as a part of this evening, uh, and I'm recording this in the evening, by the time you hear it, wherever you are in the country, in the world, uh, I hope that you have time to really sit down and listen to this because as much as we are talking about police brutality uh, in public, as much as we are talking about racism in a lot of different areas, there's one particular area that I think uh, is not getting enough play as far as where racism might be seen, where it might rear its ugly head. And more importantly, there are a lot of African-American people who are seeing and feeling this every day. So let me kind of paint this picture. Central Park situation happens and um, that was caught on TV. First of all, prior to that, Ahmaud Arbery happens and that was a couple of weeks prior to what happened in Central Park. And then right behind that is George Floyd. The issue for many people, if you don't understand what's going on and the reason why there's so much unrest Number one, coronavirus happened. So we are all shut down and most people have turned up their uh, entertainment. And so they're leveraging their phones, their devices, their TVs or whatever more than they probably ever have. And all of those situations happened um, uh, very close to one another. There's a great articulation of this of Trevor Noah. I'll probably provide the link in the description so that you can go look at his perspective. But I want you to understand what it did was coronavirus forced us to look at what is actually happening and what is really going on and not just look at it, say something has to be changed and something needs to be different. So that happened, um, which then after the George Floyd situation happened, um, I, I think this area that I'm going to talk about for today's special is one thing that many of you, and if you're an executive on here, I'm going to be talking directly to you. If you're a manager on here, I'm going to be talking directly to you. If you are in any version of leadership in your corporation, in your company, in your small business, this one's going to be a little bit more close to home for you. And I hope that this, I communicate this um, in a way that is direct, that you, you, you find a space to where you can deal with this. Because what most of us don't understand is, is that as an African-American person who has to not only have lived those moments out over the last two and a half, three months. The protests have been great. Um, the allies of non-black people have been a wonderful. The uh, the, the people who uh, publicly right uh, express their their uh, their allyness, I guess, if that's a word um, to black and brown people around them. And those who silently kind of call one on one. Listen, I've had a lot of conversations uh, with many people who and those of you who've reached out to me, you know who you are. I appreciate um, your willingness to kind of step out of your uncomfortable situation. And many people have asked, hey, what can we do? Uh, I have told everyone and I will tell my audience here, you should go and have a conversation with uh, that black family member who lives in your neighborhood. Um, you should bring your children. You should. Um, uh, be open and make yourself an ally publicly. Don't stand on the sidelines. Don't just say how awful it is. Be a part of the solution of actually changing it. 
And the best way to make it happen right now in real time while we wait for voting to uh, change things and while we wait for legislation is you can literally change your neighborhood. And I've been asking every one of my uh, white friends, business associates and colleagues, change your neighborhood. Let your black family uh, neighbors be seen. Let go knock on their door. I know that might be uncomfortable, but by now you've been there in that neighborhood for five, seven, nine, 10, 12 years. You know, they live there. You've just never made them feel seen. And so that's, you know, a separate conversation, but that's something you can do right now. And that's readily available and within your power to do. But what I want to talk about is what happens in the workplace. Now that. Ahmaud Arbery has happened now that the Central Park situation with Mr. and Mrs. Cooper has happened now that George Floyd has happened now that Ray has happened in Atlanta. I want to talk about. African-American people are coming back to work day after day in the immediate aftermath of these situations. And I know that this might be a little uncomfortable for a lot of people, but I think it's worth pointing out, um, you know, on, on, on my show, I try to pride myself in, in, in making sure that our interviews are, you know, fair and real. And um, you guys don't really get an opportunity to kind of hear from me, but I, I want to make sure that I'm as authentic as I can be uh, with the time that I have allotted. And given it's my show, I try to use my platform to speak to things that I think are really important. And I would feel uh, less than a, than a man of of assault if I didn't address this. Um, the more and more that I kind of looked across the landscape of what people were talking about in the workplace and and yes, it's about change and culture and all those things that we talk about all the time. But I think one of the things that if you're an executive right now and maybe you feel frozen, maybe you feel like, okay, I own this business and I do have African-American people who work either for me directly or they working within my organization. And I just don't know what to do, but I feel very uncomfortable because I know that on Monday after the Thursday shooting and the video comes out of a man holding him, you know, down with a knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. I realize that that image has got to be painful or maybe I don't know that that image is painful. I don't know what people feel and I don't want to step on anybody's toes. So I just kind of come back to work on Monday and we just go back to work as business as usual. Let me stop every single executive right now. It is very difficult, no matter how high of a title an African-American person is. This is just my opinion. It's very difficult to come back to work and see those images. Let me give you the black male perspective. Part of the reason why it's difficult to come back to work after those moments happen is because quite honestly, I saw myself underneath the knee of that cop. Every time there's a video of a black male being gunned down, being talked to as less than human, being treated as um, there's no version of rights that, you know, I have that I should have because I'm human, um, being treated differently because of the color of my skin. I see myself in those videos. So I want you to understand that male gentleman that works as a manager 
felt like he was George Floyd when he saw that video. I want you to understand that the potential you might have an executive in your in your corporation who might be of color. He might be a black male. But I tell you what, if he's anything like me, it's hard for him to watch that video over and over again because he saw a little bit of himself in that video. And by the way, systemic racism has a lot also to do with opportunities that people who look like me get in corporations that we dedicate our lives to. And so if you're listening to this and maybe you get uncomfortable and maybe you feel like you've said before, hey, I don't I don't really see the racism. Well, I would just ask a couple of questions when it comes to your workplace. Number one. How many people of color actually are sitting on your executive boards? Number two. How many people of color are there with an actual voice and not just. To fill a diversity quota, and I don't know the better way to kind of put that. The third question I would ask is. At this point right now. If you don't have anybody that is a, a black male, a black woman on your board or uh, at your executive level inside of your company. Do you think that there is potential for your company to change? Listen, I've, I've talked to a lot of people and there's some executives and some leaders who are stepping up and reaching out and saying, wait a minute. OK, not only do I understand how or I might not understand how that makes a black man feel to watch that video or to know that this has been going on all the time. It's just that those situations happen to be caught on video. I might not understand how they feel, but. Now I understand that when I came into my boardroom the Monday after George Floyd happened and after the, the Cooper situation happened in Central Park and I look across my board, there's nobody of color here. And maybe you're having an awakening right now. Maybe you're looking at your organization and realizing there's no black males at all. There's no black women at all who are represented in our spaces. And maybe that bothers you. Maybe now, you know, that has created some version of uncomfortableness for you. And if it does, that means you're human. And I would applaud you for at least having some sense of a self-awareness to say, you know what? Maybe something needs to change. And so maybe you're struggling with how do I change this? What, what do I what steps do I take? How do I how do I let the 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 African-American, you know, team members in my organization know that I hear them, that I, 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 I'm going to not only empathize, but I'm going to be a version of change. And I want to start somewhere. I want to start a conversation. So today I'm going to give you some ideas. I want to also talk about a reality though, that is really important. And as I said, it was very difficult to come back to work because guess what? We had to come back to work and sit in meetings with people that we know that have systemically held us back from opportunities or said things to us that they are okay with saying that no one has ever asked us, Hey, was that offensive to you? That there are people who are saying things in behind closed doors 
that unfortunately do not paint black and brown people in the best of lights, but have a lot to do with whether or not the opportunities are given equally across the board. And so if you're aware of these things and if you know these things and maybe if you don't, well, then, you know, maybe this will be an education for you. But I really want you to stop and ask yourself if you're an executive, if you care about stepping up to the plate and being a difference maker and not allowing systemic racism to continue in your place of work or bias, because that's a real thing. If you want it to be different, then I would ask that you continue to listen to this podcast. If 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 you say, well, you know, I don't see it or you want to be dismissive of the moment, well, then maybe this episode and the, the, the things that I share here over the next few minutes won't really mean anything for you. But I want to speak to those who are wanting to change the system by which you run. And by the way, I want us to be very, very clear and I want to be articulate myself. You are fully in control as an executive of your company, of the bias, of the controls, of the community, of the decisions and the culture. You and you alone are solely responsible for what your board looks like, your management team and those underneath. If something is to change in your company, you are the one to change it. Now, some of you may say, well, I've got stakeholders and maybe you're recognizing that your stakeholders don't really want to participate in showing solidarity. Maybe you're struggling with, well, what do I do? I want to kind of give you some ideas today. Um, I also want to say that um, it is very much in your wheelhouse and in your control to at least start a conversation. I will be honest that uh, for corporations who've used their marketing teams to craft really great messages, it's kind of your job. So I kind of expect or I, I don't really, um, you know, applaud you finding a way to speak, you know, in a room full of people who don't look like us to the moment. That's kind of your job. That's what you get paid to do. What I would ask you to do is to go a step further. For example, the CEO of Reddit decided to step down. Some of you saw that. He is married to the great athlete Serena Williams. And Alex decided I'm stepping down from Reddit. And I am asking, and, and this is his, his decision to appoint a black male to head that company. That information just came out not too long ago. Uh, make sure I add a description there. It was his choice. I'm not saying that's something that you have to do to step down from your company. I am saying what he did is a very huge step to show he is not just supporting with lip service. Black and brown people who work at Reddit and those who leverage that platform. But he's also showing I'm willing to do something about it to change the scope. I'm going to give opportunity to people who don't look like me, who don't have the same opportunities as me, who might uh, you know, um, see things differently to me who might have a, a different version of 
of ways of going about things. But I'm going to give that opportunity because if your board and if your management team is not diverse. I do not know how you represent the whole of your company. From an HR standpoint, this can be difficult. Um, I would hope that if you're an HR manager here, if you're running the head of HR in your organization, in your company. That after George Floyd, you came back to work. And you decided we've got to do something different because there, I, I, I personally 100 percent believe that there are allies. There are true and real allies of, um, you know, uh, people from 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 all over, uh, from all over, you know, the the, the world. I, I, I would absolutely say that. There are people who, you know, in every company, right? They are true allies. True allies of every black person, no matter where, no matter where they may be, no matter what may be going on, no matter what uh, may be happening. Um, And I do agree with that. I do believe that there are plenty of allies who are uh, uh, in a lot of different power positions. Um, who are doing everything that they can. And I, and I applaud you for that. But if you were in an HR position, my request is, I hope that after the George Floyd situation came back, that you were able to be honest about potential bias in hiring practices and opportunities given. Bias is a real thing. And I think it's about time that from an HR practice standpoint, we start to weed out that bias and do something about it. Take steps, have discussions. Don't just have the discussions, communicate what you are going to do inside of your company as a result of those discussions, right? You saw what Nike did. Nike hasn't just been putting out great marketing video over this time. You know what Nike did? They actually decided to do something smart. They said Juneteenth, which is June 19th. If some of you don't know what that is, it's a festival. Uh, You can go look it up. Means a lot to us African-Americans. I want you to know that they decided, hey, we'll recognize this as a paid holiday. That, ladies and gentlemen, is change. It's something No, it's not everything. No, it doesn't solve all the problems. But what they are doing and and they were willing to acknowledge black people as athletes, we have profited off of for years. Let us show our solidarity. Their marketing campaigns have been great on showing that they stand on the side of Black Lives Matter movement and and the racial oppression and the racism. And then they went and did something about it. My challenge to you from an HR standpoint. What could you do about the bias? Don't just talk about it. So to you executives, let me say this. If you're struggling right now and you may be wondering, well, what do I do? Because I'm aware my whole board is white. I'm aware that I didn't grow up with these challenges uh, that black people have had. I I don't know what it's like to be black in America. I I haven't really heard about it because I really don't talk to many people about those types of uncomfortable conversations. 
Let me give you the next few moments of time and kind of give you maybe some potential things you could do. Right. But I would also ask that. At not just listening to me, um, I would say take the time to go listen to your employees. Take the time to say, I am going to stop and I am going to ensure I put forth the effort to listen to what is it like to come back to work to this place after what's going on with George Floyd? How do you feel coming back to work? What do you need in order to feel like we're supporting you? What is it that I can potentially do as an executive that we can have continued support? And it's not just a one-time thing, but it's continual support. Those are the things that I would just say immediately that you can do. But outside of that, I do think it's very, very important that you as a executive take ownership of this moment. I would love to see more executives be on the side of right in history books of your company that when they tell the story of your company 20, 30 years from now, you might be long gone, but the company was different because you decided to do something different. So here's a couple of things that I will suggest. Number one, I think it's very important that as an executive, you take time with your executive team and talk about what's necessary to move forward. And by the way, if your executive team is all white, then this might not apply to you. If you do have a black person on your executive team, have the conversation with them and let them have the floor. Let them share. Be an advocate. It might be uncomfortable, but guess what? We were already black before we came into the office that day. I want to be very clear about what I mean. When we arrived into the office after George Floyd happened. It's not like that Monday is the day that we became black and had situations and and pitfalls and bias thrown against us. And we've had to work very, very hard around situations up and sometimes through situations in our corporate career. It's just that now it's kind of getting highlighted. So I would ask that you give that executive the opportunity to share. If you do not have a black person representing your executive team, I think you need to go find the most senior black person in your company and let them have a seat at the table. Have a conversation. Be willing to discuss what ways and what opportunities and what ways you guys can work together creatively to show that this company stands with African-Americans, not against. By the way, there's a couple of things you want to avoid saying in some of your marketing. All lives matter. Yes, I know that might be a thing. Let me give you some helpful understanding on why that that's very problematic. If you state all lives matter, especially in the workplace, it is dismissive of what's going on right now. We are very aware that all lives matter. As I said in the beginning, we just want ours to matter as equally as the all portion. Secondly, 
The best analogy I can give is if in your neighborhood, a house caught on fire and it was a blaze of fire, smoke and ashes, and the entire house is up in flames. When somebody calls 911 and they come barreling down your street, if somebody in another house that is not burning down screams, well, why don't you put out, put water on my house too? Because all houses matter in this neighborhood. That would be very silly, wouldn't it? Because the one house is the one that's burning. So if you can understand how silly that would be for somebody's house who is not on fire to be screaming, all houses matter, then please understand that screaming all lives matter is not the best approach at this time. If you want to be sensitive to the moment. Secondly, as you bring in uh, black people who are in your company to be able to sit down and have conversations, I would not force this conversation on anybody. Clearly it's a work environment. You can't force people to be a part of these conversations, but remember you are the executive. Remember, you are the manager and within that large organization, you are well within your right to be able to hold a meeting to check with your employees. That would be really, really important to do. And you can have a conversation to talk about what is the feeling right now? How do people feel? You can invite others who are not black to be a part of the discussion. That you can do, and I would highly suggest invite people to a conversation. Uh, there's many companies around right now. You can go look them up or talk to some of your friends who've done it already. They are inviting people to a conversation and listening. Give space for people to share. It is important. But I would also ask you as an executive to ask for actionable things that can be done. Some people might say, hey, could our company donate to Black Lives Matter movement? Could our company help with uh, ensuring people understand what are some of the policies that are important? Hey, can can we, you know, put it together a voting, you know, a rally here at our company and that make sure that everybody is registered to vote? Whatever. But just be open to some ideas. So as an executive, I would say, yes, give voice, but ask the request to have people give actionable things that they can think about to be able to incorporate within the company. Because this moment is very, very important. Secondly, or lastly, I would also like to say that as an executive, one of the best things you can do is to go on video and share your thoughts as an executive. I want you to understand that your communications team is awesome. They're great. They're important. I think they should advise you on what to say. I do believe in that. But I do think your video is important that people see your face. Remember, we engage with all five senses. That's what communication is. And I think people seeing what you say and how you feel creates more of an impact than what's written because they know your communications team is the one who put that together. So I think it's utterly important that you choose to work 
with your team on advising, but you cut on a video camera inside of your company, you get a note out to everyone and let them know, hey, I don't have all the answers. I realize I'm a white male, a white female running this company, and I don't know everything that you feel, but I'm going to make sure that I created a culture that is showing you that you have an ally in me as a CEO. And here are some of the you know, steps that I'm going to take, right? Let people know what they can expect in the next coming weeks and months, by the way. Let them know that there's some things you're going to start bringing to the table. Give an opportunity for some people several levels below you inside of the company to have a seat at the table and talk. Because you as an executive uh, live a particular life where you can kind of shut off a lot of things if you want to and not have to feel it because you don't live next to it. There's many black men and black women coming to work every single day, sitting in meetings. And unfortunately, they have to live this reality every day. Last portion I want to touch on is racism. Um, there are some of your teammates right now who are feeling and have seen and probably have documented moments where they might have managers who have kind of held them back, who, um, for whatever reason, uh, treat them differently. Not that you as an executive know all of those moments or those things. I would just say this would be a great opportunity to create a version of culture where by which everyone will be handled accordingly if you recognize or hear about moments in someone's career where they're treated unfairly. Clearly, I know there's laws and things that happen uh, that we, we, we cover within our, you know, our workplaces. But that does not mean there's not a systemic version of oppression that happens with our careers as black and brown people. And so I do think it's important that you also speak to that as an executive, not that there's some that you know about already, but I do think it's important that you're communicating to people that where we find out that those types of things are happening, we are going to call them out and root it out and move on. I think you need to communicate a zero tolerance for behavior, words, biases, and actions that discriminate against black and brown people in your company. And I think by doing so, you allow people to be put in some ways on notice that your company has a zero tolerance for this type of behavior. From hiring practices to the way we treat people, to the opportunities given. I would ask you, I would urge you to truly give look at your executive board. If you do not have a black and brown person on that executive board, it's not that we don't exist and that we're not as talented, that we can't do the job. It might just be an indication that there are some things working against us that we don't exist there. If you don't have any one downs 
who look like a George Floyd, who look like a Chris Williams, who look like uh, an Ahmaud Arbery, who who look like uh, Breonna Taylor, who who just who, who are a black woman and a black man. I would highly ask that you start making real change to change that. This is just an invitation. I'm not saying you're going to, but I do think I would be very, very shocked to say that out of all the people that get interviewed for certain roles and jobs, there's no one qualified who looks like Chris Williams. I would be very, very surprised by that. I realize relationships are everything in corporate America. I realize that uh, visibility is important, but sometimes it's important to recognize that bias is real and that there are things going on that make it harder for black people to be seen as potentials or as equal candidates for certain roles in organizations and companies around the world. And that is something that within your company, whether your company is four people, 40, 400, 40,000, whatever, you are totally in the right to be able to work on the system that is controlling how people are experiencing your company. As a leader, your job is to work on the system. If you are not focused on on the system as opposed to working in the system, then there is a good reason why and a gap that you need to explore about what leadership you're bringing to the table. Because trying to maintain a system that is biased, trying to maintain a system that discriminates, continuing to spend millions and billions of dollars on a system that is ensuring there are no black and brown people at the executive level in your company, is a real problem. And I would say to every single company out there, it is utterly important that we as executives, you as the leader of the company, don't just maintain the system that is making you money right now. Totally disrupt the system to make it better for everyone equally. That is something that you can do within your mission. And the culture within your company has to change. It has to become one that everybody, everybody, not being by words, but by deeds can be seen as equal to you that, hey, I can become an executive of this company. And there's plenty clear path that shows me that's possible. If you don't have uh, a black person on your executive board, then you can create mentor mentee relationships within your company and make an expectation of your executives that they are reaching down to meet the talent in the company. If they've got to move past a person that's spending more time uh, making sure they look good and demeaning the people that work underneath them. I think that's a problem.
I think it's time we all in our workplaces address the systemic problems that are happening within the workplace today. It's not just happening outside of work. It's happening to us at work as well. And unfortunately for the black people who come to your organization every day, the knee on George Floyd's neck was eight minutes and 46 seconds. The corporate system as designed in your company, if not addressed, is having a knee on the neck of progress for black people within your company, their entire working career. And it's about time that our allies step up and make a change. I hope this was helpful to you. If you want further conversation, you can email me, Chris at highlevelwisdom.com. If you would like for a consultation, uh, I'm open to that. If you need help on how to execute properly meetings, events and forms of things that can help your uh, employees feel better, feel like they, they matter and that you're doing something to lead an effort. As many people know me uh, around me, I'm always open for a hard conversation. It may be difficult. But that's okay. That's what we are. You are a leader for a reason. You should be having the most difficult conversations. You should also be leading them as well. You want help in that coaching in that. That's what I'm here for. Chris at highlevelwisdom.com. Find me on LinkedIn. The Christopher Williams. You can find me on Twitter as well. Wherever you need to find me for help. That's what I'm here to do. Thank you for your time. I'm glad you made it this long to listen to where I'm coming from and what I have to say. It is time out for the system of the workplace environment to be a chokehold and a stopping ground for people who look like me. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.